Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Chris. We're glad you're here. Here's your host, Pastor Chris Atkinson. Good morning. My name is Chris Atkinson and I'm the pastor of Pinewoods Chapel and you have stumbled across Coffee with Chris. And uh, during Coffee with Chris, we talk about theological things and you can jump in and ask questions at any time. So today we are going to start into this new topic and the topic is called Civil Disobedience and the Church. And this is really a, a hot topic right now. Lots of people have lots of opinions about that, that especially in Civco Muskoka as we are now into our third lockdown. And so Today, I want to take some time and just uh, navigate through the role of the church in culture. And this is actually very important for us to understand because as we understand what the role of the church is in our culture, then we can easily see what our responsibility is in the midst of culture. And uh, hopefully that will give us some direction as we look at the world around us and know what to actually do. And uh, is civil disobedience something that uh, needs to be done right now? Well, I'm not going to talk about that just yet, but we will actually get to that at some point. We will talk about civil disobedience and, and we'll actually look at where Jesus disobeyed some laws in the scriptures. And, uh, that might be a, a bit of, what? Jesus disobeyed some laws? Yeah, he did, actually. So uh, we're going to look at some of those. Anyway, today, let's uh, take some time and look at what the role of the church is in culture. Now, in order to sort of preface this discussion, this conversation that we're having today, uh, we first need to just talk about what the church actually is. Um because that's important for us to know who we're talking about and what we're talking about. So the church is not a, a building. Yes, it can be referred to as a building where people that are the church go and gather, but really the church is best represented in understanding that they are God's people. God's church are the people of God that are called out for his name. And as the church, we have been given tasks, God's people have been given tasks by God to be about and to do those things on a regular basis. And so, first off, I just want to take some time and expand a little bit on what the role of the church is in culture. So, uh, let me, let me just first start off by saying that there, the main thing, the primary, the primary thing that the church needs to be doing in culture is preaching the gospel, worshiping Jesus, and discipling believers. Now, as you look to the scriptures, and we always want to be informed by the scriptures as how we understand uh, the role of the church, Telling people about Jesus, that Jesus came into the world and died on a cross to pay a price, to pay a ransom so that you and I could be set free from the law of sin and death. 
and brought into eternity with Jesus is the main primary purpose of the church. The church is to tell others about the good news of Jesus. Within that, we have this aspect of worshiping God, to praise him, to glorify him, to declare how great he is in the world that we're in, and also to, to disciple. And to, to disciple means to teach and help people who are called Christians to actually live the way that God has called them to and to understand the truth and the worldview that God gives uh, his people. So where, where do you get that? Well, I just want to go to a couple of scripture verses, and there's so many, but uh, just a couple of them. One is in Matthew 28, uh, where Jesus uh, actually tells his disciples uh, what, they, what, they, what they need to do. And Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew uh, 28, verse 18, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. So here we see this, this aspect of teaching and that that's what the church is to be about. Uh, the people of God are to be about, are, are teaching about who Jesus is and everything that God has commanded us. Over in Acts chapter 2, we see another passage of scripture that clearly articulates what the church is also uh, to be about when it comes to the role of church in, an, in society. And in Acts chapter 2, uh, where we read uh, what the believers actually did in those early days. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. These are the believers. These are the Christians. They devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayers, and on wonders came, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. So here, here we see this picture of the believers being together and just devoting themselves to the teaching, telling people about Jesus, going out into the world and making disciples and telling others and worshiping God as they go. And here uh, we, we see that they were going and verse 46, and it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous heart, praising God. This is the, the worship aspect of it, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily. So here we see this huge role that the church has in society to preach the gospel, to worship God, and to disciple believers. That is our primary mandate in the church. Now, having said that, there are a number of things that actually fall from that that we just need to be aware of. And in the context of discipling believers, one of the things that we need to uh, disciple people on is the encouragement to obey the laws of the land. And we're going to take some time and unpack this because in a Christian worldview, we see that God is sovereign over all rulers. So turn with me over to Romans chapter 13. And these, if you've been watching on social media, there's been a number of posts that have been posted about Romans 13 and 
how Christians need to obey God in the context of the rulers that are that are living and around us. And so in Romans 13, it, it says this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. That's a pretty serious line that Paul draws there. And one of the things that we need to realize is that uh, as believers, we need to be discipled. And as we just read in Matthew, we need to be taught the commandments of God. And this is a commandment of God here that we need to be subject to governing authorities. It goes on to say in verse 3 of Romans 13, it says, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. There's another very important word in this context, conscience. For the same reason, you also to pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all whom is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. So this passage is very clear that for the church to be involved in society, there must be a submission and an obedience to governing authorities. And, and this isn't just the only place that this is mentioned. We could talk about over in Titus, in Titus chapter 4, sorry, Titus chapter 3, uh, we see again the same idea that is uh, instructing the church to actually submit to authorities. And so in uh, Titus chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, it says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, uh, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show yourself perfectly courteous towards all people. Now, given our current context that we find ourselves in with lockdowns and some of the things that are happening in our, in our world, it actually becomes very hard for Christians to fulfill some of these commandments. But the role of the church and culture is to, as I said, preach the gospel. It is to uh, worship Jesus and it is to disciple believers. And so what we're doing right now is we're discipling believers, we're teaching believers uh, what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus Christ in this world. Now, part of this discipling is encouraging people to obey the laws of the land. Uh, Jesus gives us so many examples of this too. You know, Jesus, uh, he's questioned by the Pharisees and scribes because they want to catch him in this corner. And they ask him this question over in Matthew 22, verses 15 to 17. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus is so wise, he figures this out. He sees what they're trying to do. He sees that they're trying to catch them. In, he's, 
the scribes are trying to catch him in this corner. And he says, well, go bring me a denarius. A denarius is a form of money. And he asks them, well, whose inscription's on it? And they say Caesar's. And he says, render to what is Caesar's to Caesar and render to God what is God's. And there is the crux. Because we are told that we need to render to the authorities the things that are the authorities. But we also need to render to God what is God's and what God is doing. And this is where it starts to get a little bit more complicated because we, we all have opinions on what maybe God wants us to do. And uh, that can cause conflict within the church and even outside the church. So let's look at another passage of scripture where we see this example of Jesus. And Jesus is showing us what it actually looks like to be submissive to authorities, to be underneath and being submissive to the governing authorities when he goes before Pilate. It's a very familiar story in the crucifixion story of Jesus where uh, the Jews are saying he's causing this huge ruckus and that people are all upset and they want Jesus to die. And Pilate and Herod, who are the leaders, the, the rulers of those provinces that Jesus finds himself living in in the days of Rome during his time period that he was on earth, had to submit to these leaders. And Jesus himself goes through this whole section where he submits to Pilate. He submits to Herod. And they want to release him, but the Jews, they want to cru crucify Jesus. And to make the long story very quick and pointed, Pilate eventually turns him over and Jesus is crucified. So here we see that there is this picture that the church is to be obedient to the laws of the land and to be submissive to the laws of the land, even to this point of death even to this point of harm that would come upon the church. And uh, this is a challenge for us. It's a challenge for us because when we look at the world around us, we're just kind of going, oh man, I don't know that I agree with some of these things that are happening. And it doesn't really matter who you are, but at some point you get to a point and you're just like, I don't know that I like all the rules that everybody makes. And that's when it gets hard. Now, this role of the church is to encourage believers, but also unbelievers, to be obedient people in society, in our culture. And this is a role that the church has, is to encourage obedience. And uh, going back over to... Uh, Romans chapter 13. Let's go there because we want to pick up something here that's mentioned and then move on into the, our, our, next, our next thing that we need to talk about. So in Romans 13, as we're talking about the instruction, the teaching that we're given about being obedient to governing authorities, and that is what the church needs to do. That's what the church needs to say. What the church needs to encourage people to do and if there's anything that you want to encourage people to do right now it's that it's to obey the authorities let me reread romans 13 again 
It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those who exist have been instituted by God. What's happening in our world right now with Corona, decision, the COVID, the COVID virus, everything that's happening around the world, and all the decisions that they are making by the authorities have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For then it goes on to say, for rulers are not a terror to, to good conduct, but to bad. And that's where it actually gets a little bit messy because rulers are not always a terror to good conduct. They may actually be a terror to bad conduct. And as we look at this third sphere that the church has a responsibility in, and that is to hold government accountable for good government. And that the government that they do is good and not bad. So this might be a little bit of a surprise to you when we start talking about this, but when we start looking at scriptures, we see that God's people are to be uh, calling the world to a standard, to God's standard, to a standard of righteousness, a standard of holiness, a standard of good government, where things are operating as God sees that they should operate. Now, there's not very many prophets out there today that are actually prophesying in the prime minister's office. Um, there's not very many prophets out there that are actually prophesying across the world in terms of the nations and telling uh, rulers and leaders what they need to do right now. But what we actually see in Scripture is we see the role of a prophet in the Old Testament. So a prophet in the Old Testament was to call to account what the nations were doing that was against God and opposite to who God is. And the church still has this role. The church still has this role to be that voice in the world, holding rulers and leaders accountable to the ways of God. So let me give you a few scriptures on this because there's, a, there's so many uh, throughout the Old Testament. And even when we uh, start looking into the New Testament, we see, we see this role that the church has of calling to account bad leadership. And not just bad leadership in the church. And if you've been in church any length of time, you've been a part of the body of Christ, you know that there's a number of passages. Ezekiel 34 is one, for example. Um, you know that there's all kinds of uh, recommendations in the New Testament of how Leaders in the church, elders and deacons, are supposed to behave and supposed to act and how they're to rule. We're told to, to not be uh, like the Gentiles who lord it over others, but to be gentle and kind and caring and not quarrelsome. And so there's this accountability 
from the church to the church with leadership, but that responsibility also extends beyond the doors of the church to the world because we, as I said in the beginning, need to preach the gospel as our primary function. And one of the things that the gospel does as we go to, into culture is it actually preaches a turning from the brokenness of sin to the rightness and the leadership of God. And I am quite certain that the leaders that we currently are seeing around the world make decisions, they are not spending two or three hours in prayer asking God what are some of the things that they need to do to deal with this. Because if they were, what we would see in the world would be radically different. And so the church has a responsibility to tell leaders that they need to seek God through this. And we as a church need to actually tell people what, uh, what God's standard actually is. So let's, let's go to a couple of passages and we'll start to look at some of these things. Um, so turn with me over to Psalms chapter 2. And what we see in Psalms is the beginning of a number of passages that we're going to look at about the role of the church, the role of God's people in society and in culture. And this is not like this is not for the faint of heart. Um, so in Psalm chapter 2, it just says this. It says, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord holds them in derision. He will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So here, here we see this picture of the kings of the earth setting themselves against the Lord. And this is where when we come to Romans 13, and as long as the rulers and leaders are doing things that are what God has called them to do, to rule and lead in a good way, in a God-honoring way, seeking Him, then it's good. But here it says that there are times when these rulers and these kings actually go against God. And... They actually want, it says, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. They're basically saying, we don't want to be restrained by the rules and laws that God has put in place. We want to do our own thing. So this is, this is what God actually says as we go on in, in Psalm 2. Verse 10, Psalm chapter 2, verse 10 Chapter 2, verse 10 says, Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, 
lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are you who take refuge in him. You see, we need to be encouraging our leaders right now to actually go to God. And this is kind of difficult when some of our leaders don't actually believe in God. When some of our leaders don't actually acknowledge God. And so when you have this kind of environment, it actually makes it difficult for people to feel safe. Because when your officials and... Your rulers are wicked, not following God's way. They're going to go the opposite to what God actually has planned. And so one of the roles that the church has is to actually tell the kings and rulers that they need to be following Jesus. They need to be following God. And again, this is an extension of the gospel where we see that God, who created the heavens and the earth, and loves us so much and sent Jesus into this world to make a way so that we can spend eternity with God is also calling us to account that we need to be following him. And the church has this responsibility that leaders need to follow the creator of the universe. And right now in this environment that we're in, the role of the church is not so much to argue over these things, but to point people to Jesus, to point rulers and leaders to this place that they need to be following God. We all need to be following God. Now, when we start looking at some of the Old Testament prophets, it's important to do this because what we see in the Old Testament prophets is we see them speaking judgment against rulers who are not following the ways of God. We could talk about Amos. We could talk about Isaiah. Um, we could even look in Psalms. There's some Psalms that speak to this too, where uh, the prophets are making this pronouncement about the nations. When you think back in the, children, the history of the children of Israel, when they uh, were down in Egypt, and they were, God was calling them out of Egypt into the promised land. And they began to suffer. The Egyptians suffered because they wouldn't let God's people go. And so God shows his mighty hand and he sends those 10 plagues all over Egypt. And so here we see time and time again where God is making a pronouncement and he's using his people to tell others what they actually need to do to be worshiping this God who created the heavens and the earth. So let's look at let's look at some of these passages. Um, uh, and, and you know, one of the things too is that God. Maybe we should go over to Ezekiel thirty-four. Because God, it starts in the church. And this it starts in the context of the leaders of the church following God and doing what God has called them to do. And if they don't do that, then God comes and brings judgment. And that same principle that's within the family of God, within God's people, is then applied to outside. And the church has this role to be that instrument, that prophetic voice, that voice of 
calling all of humanity to worship God, to worship the Creator, and to follow Him because He is the one who is sovereign over all authorities. He's the King of Kings, and everything is subject to Him. So in Ezekiel 34, what we what we see in Ezekiel 34 is this calling to account of, of the leaders of Israel during this time period where all of the people of Israel were worshiping other gods. And the leadership in Israel was doing the same thing. They were not following God. And as we, as we look at Ezekiel 34, we see that, that there's this prophecy that comes against the shepherds of Israel. And it says, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus saith the Lord God, all shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not the shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, and the lost you have not sought. With force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered they wandered over the mountains and on every high hill my sheep were scattered over the, all the face of the earth and none to search or seek for them so god brings this judgment against these leaders in the family of god who were actually not doing the things that god had called them to do and this principle applies to what the church needs to be about today preaching the gospel to the world, discipling believers, encouraging us to obey. But when there are rulers that are actually not following God, we actually need to be telling them that they need to follow God and confronting them with the truth that God is going to bring judgment on this world, on individuals, because they're not following him. And this is the role of the church. And this actually isn't really a fun role. It's not something that everybody signs up for. But when we look at the role of the church in culture, that's what's supposed to happen. We are calling people to repentance, to turn away from serving themselves, to serve the King of Kings, the one who is the ultimate absolute authority over all things. So let's keep look at some of these Old Testament prophets. So over in Amos, Amos is a prophet who again was uh, during the time when the children of Israel had leaders and kings that were not following God. But at the same time, there was uh, a number of surrounding nations that were not following God at all. And so in Amos chapter 1, what we see is that there's, 
there's judgment on Israel's neighbors. So Israel is a nation. It's the nation of it's God's chosen people to be following him. But there's all these other nations around them. And they were not following God. And so the prophet Amos goes to them and says, Hey, you are not following the king of kings. And God is actually going to come and bring judgment against you. And so some of the things that they were actually doing is that they were uh, teaching them. I'm just going to check where I am here in my notes. So there, so yes, so in, in Amos chapter 2, we see some of the things that were actually happening. So they were selling the righteous. So human trafficking. They were trampling on the poor. They were not causing the people to you know act rightfully towards the poor they turned aside the way of the afflicted so people that needed comfort they were not taking care of them and sexual immorality was terrible and they were worshiping all kinds of other gods and even in god's house they were doing things that were detestable to god you see, when a culture or a society is not following God, God has some rules, and those rules will come to bear. And part of the church's job is actually to warn people, the world, the rulers in this world, that that's how God works. And as we look over in Isaiah, if we just turn there for a minute and just look at this last passage, in Isaiah chapter 14, what we see, so in Isaiah 14, verses 3 to 5. So this is Israel, there's this remnant of people that are left after they've been taken captive to Babylon. And this is, what, this is what it says. It says, When the Lord has given you rest from your pain and your turmoil and the hard service with which you were made to serve, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has ceased, the influent fury ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked the scepter of rulers that struck the people in wrath with increasing blows that ruled the nations in anger with unrelenting persecutions. You see, when rulers are not following God, we actually need to warn them that God is coming and he's going to correct those that are not following and leading in a way that he has honored. And this is actually the role of the church to do this. It's the role of Christians to do this, to preach the gospel, to worship Jesus, and to disciple believers, discipling them to obey the government. And it's really easy when government is good, but when government is not good, 
it is then our responsibility to actually hold government rulers and leaders accountable for worshiping God. And this is something that was failed to be done in the Old Testament in the time of the Babylonian captivity. As I read in Ezekiel chapter 34, that's not what was happening. But if there's anything the church needs to do in these days that we find ourselves in, is telling rulers and leaders that they need to be worshiping God. They need to be on their knees. And yes, we can pray for them as, as people in the church, but we need to be telling leaders that they need to be on their hands and knees and praying to God, asking God for wisdom in this situation, and that they would turn to God and be guided by Him through all of the decision-making that's needed. And if He is the ultimate authority, and He has given them authority, then they better look to the giver of that authority for direction. And the difficulty in this environment that we live in, when we're talking about civil disobedience, and the church is the church first has a responsibility to proclaim the gospel and part of proclaiming the gospel is telling leaders that they need to be worshiping god telling everyone that they need to be worshiping god and if we're not worshiping god and if we're doing our own thing then the consequences of that is that god is coming back one day and he's going to as it says right here fix all of these things that have happened. All of the wrong leadership, all of the bad leadership, all of the things that have not been what God has actually instituted in this world to actually take place. So let's just take a minute before we sort of jump off this topic and, and talk about what actual good government is and talk about what ungodly government looks like because this is a very important definition for us if we're going to say uh, you know part of the role of the church is to preach the gospel and hold government and rulers accountable to following what God says is good government and we're going to expand a little bit more on this as we go, but just to kind of get, get you thinking about what good government is, what does the Bible actually say good government is? And, and again, we're going to spend a whole session on that where we're talking about what good government is in the context of, of the world that we live in. So I just got some, I'm just going to define this and just a list. I'll just let me read through this list. Um, and this is my list. I just sort of made this up from some research, but we're going to go into more depth in this in, in the coming weeks. So godly government. This is what godly government in the scriptures reveal. So there's alleviate suffering, care for the afflicted, protect the vulnerable, seek justice, biblical moral laws, freedom, for the oppressed, protection of freedom, speak on behalf of those who don't have a voice, seek wholeness for all, economic growth, it's actually one of those things in a godly government that God lays out, it needs to be happening, concern for the poor, concern for the hungry, the helpless, and the sick. And so, 
as you look at scripture, you see that God has actually laid out what good government should look like. And he lays it out very much so in the context of the church, what good government in the church should look like, but also what good government should look like in, in the world. And the church has a responsibility to hold government accountable to what God has actually said. Because if he is the one, if he is the giver of authority, then all those who have that authority are accountable to him. And we need to remind those leaders that they are accountable to him. So here are some ungodly government traits. Oppression. Abuse. Vulnerable, unprotected, immoral laws according to Scripture, unjust laws according to Scripture, unjust treatment of individuals, abuses of rights and freedoms that God has actually given to humans, individuals, increased suffering, censorship, discrimination, increased poverty, and economic disadvantage. Now, you, you may listen to those uh, different definitions of what godly government or ungodly government, and, and you may look at government today and you might go, well, I think they're godly or I think they're ungodly. What we need to realize is that the role of the church is to hold government accountable to this godly kind of government. And when we are doing this, when we are in this place of holding, because really what it is, is holding government accountable is really about preaching the gospel. We're just continuing to tell people about Jesus. Then we're actually fulfilling the role that God has for the church. And the church is. It's, the church is to preach the gospel to everyone, to rulers, to kings, to everyone. And, but also at the same time, to actually be respectful of them. And Paul actually gives us a number of examples in the book of Acts where he is um, subject to the authorities, but he is also holding those authorities to, to the truth that God has actually called them and using the system of government of his day in the Roman Empire to, to, to work towards his benefit. So when we're talking about civil disobedience and the church, we need to understand first and foremost, what is the role of the church in our culture, in our society? And as we do, we can actually get to this place where we can make good decisions about what God has actually called us to do. So the church is to preach the gospel, worship Jesus, disciple believers, discipling them by encouraging them to obey the laws of the land, but also encouraging them to tell leaders and the world that we need to be following God. And that's the role of the church in our culture. And as we hold uh, leaders and rulers, kings and prime ministers and uh, different premiers, levels of government, and it, and it works its way down, all the way down from, you know, the, 
the greatest leader. And in our context, you know, we have a, a hierarchy of leaders, whether it's from the prime minister down to our provinces, down to our municipalities, into our cities. All of them need to be told that they need to be following God. And I think over the last little while, the church has actually not um, been doing that, has not been telling the people around them that they need to be following God. And I believe that we're coming to a time in history where we need to be trumpeting this to everyone and telling everyone that there are very few days left before the Lord will return. And when he returns, he will destroy everything that is in this world to be remade new for those who follow and worship Jesus. And if you ha happen to not be in that place where you're following and worshiping the King of Kings, then it won't matter what good you've done because as we read in Psalms 2, God actually laughs at those rulers and those leaders because they don't actually want to follow him. So this is a huge task. This is the task of the church in the midst of this world that we find ourselves living in. And you may start to wrestle with what your role is in the midst of this. And uh, I would encourage you to wrestle with that as we continue to talk about this and where do I fit in and what has God called me to do uh, with uh, talking to people about the role of the church in the world. And the church, God's people, they need to be the church in the world and to not be uh, sort of whitewashed out of the, the limelight or whitewashed out of uh, the world uh, to declare who God is and what God is doing. So hopefully today, as we've been talking about the role of the church in society, in, in culture, that uh, you would uh, take this information and take it to heart and, and to know that God has a role for you in all of this. And if you've got questions about what we've talked about today, or, or maybe you've got some questions, feel free to type them in. We can come back and answer them later if, uh, if, they're, if you are typing them in after this is done live. But uh, God has a specific role for the church. We need to know what that is. And since we are part of the church, we are God's bride, we are God's uh, people, and we are the called out ones, called by God to be his representatives in this world today. We have some responsibilities and the church needs to be about his responsibilities uh, that God has given us. So this is step one. Step one in civil disobedience and the church is understanding what the role of the church is. And uh, when the church is functioning the way that it's called to function, then we actually don't really need to do any civil disobedience because we're continually telling the leaders and the, and the most responsible that they need to give their lives over to Jesus and they need to follow him and make uh, and seek him in a way that reflects uh, the godly leadership that God gives in our world. So, how would this sort of look like in these COVID days? Well, it would look 
quite a bit different than how things are happening. Um, uh, because we would all be called to seek the Lord and to seek Him and follow Him, not some of the things that are actually happening from some of our leaders. So as we go on, we're going to talk about this environment and is there times when uh, it's, it's, it's good to disobey uh, laws that are there in place and how do we navigate that? How do we do that? What has God actually called us to do? Has there been times in history where the church has actually risen up and done a lot of things? And the answer to that question is yes. And uh, what happened when that happened? Well, it's it's not pretty. It's, it's not actually favorable. Uh, but uh, it does sort of set the stage as to what is actually coming uh, when we look at the world around us. So... Hopefully this has maybe challenged some of your thinking today as you've been thinking about the things that are happening in our world. Uh, but we're going to continue with this subject as we as we go on and work through all of these things about uh, living as the church in our world. Because we do have a responsibility. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility to uh, be the church in our world. And that means a number of things when it comes to uh, fulfilling the mandate that God has called the church to be. So uh, any questions, just type them in. And if you don't have any questions, that's okay. We'll just keep going with uh, this topic. So great to be together this morning. Let me uh, just pray before we go and uh, we will talk again. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word uh, that instructs us, that shows us what we are to be about. Lord, I just pray that your church uh, here at our church would be about your business, but the church in Canada, the church globally, Lord, would be about your business. And Lord, that we would tell people about Jesus, that we would call people to repentance, that we would call people to your standard of rightness, your standard of leadership, your standard of what it actually means to be good governance in this world. And Lord, that we would all take an interest in this. And Lord, that we would see people come to know you because of this. And that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit in the hearts and lives of leaders and rulers. And Lord, that they would take time, that they would take time to seek you and to seek your ways and to listen to you and to hear your guidance from your word. And we pray all of this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, good to be together today. Hi to all of you who have been uh, watching. And uh, we will see you again. God bless. We hope you've enjoyed Coffee and Conversations with Chris. If you'd like to support this program, please visit pinewoodschapel.com give. See you next time.